Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Say so what? Here we are again with the Keegan Odyssey, part 25, possibly, something like that. don't know. We've reached the stage where Kevin Keegan is he's ensconced at Newcastle as the manager. Things are looking good. Um, he's training with the club at a bit of Park University and fans come from Cornwall to watch. It's all normal. It's all fine. Mm. Um, Kev says we shared facilities with the university and it always makes me smile to think of Davy Ginola's arrival in Newcastle and the first friend he made. He this did, is one of my favourite bits in the book. He, he didn't know how the setup worked and assuming one of the lads running around the athletic track must be one of his new teammates, he introduced himself as our latest signing just off the plane from France. Before long, they were happily chatting away. David wanted to know what Newcastle was like and if there were any nice restaurants and in the end, they arranged to meet for a meal that evening. I'm not sure when the penny dropped and David realised this wasn't another Newcastle player or when the student cottoned onto the misunderstanding, but I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that restaurant. <laughs> I like to imagine that David is still friends with him to this day. I would imagine he is, yeah, cause he's a, because he seems actually, like a it's a fella. nice story, that, because it's like, perhaps David, so what? Perhaps David didn't fucking know that he didn't care whether he was yeah. a footballer or not. Maybe he knew because from if he the did, off. yeah. Because if he did, he would have asked. He would have said, "What position Hello, do you my play?" Friend. Yeah. Oh, are you a professional footballer for Newcastle United? No, I'm not, mate. Are you a professional footballer for any club or in any capacity? <laughs> no, I'm just a student. Like, okay, fuck off. Don't talk to me. <laughs> right. That's put, it. Put the palm of his hand in his face. Fuck yeah. off now. This, this conversation is over, scum. <laughs> No, David Ginola's not that kind of guy. He didn't care. He goes, hey, a student, perhaps you are interested in art and poetry and really what this crazy thing we call life is all about. This is a discussion we can perhaps have at one of the nicest restaurants around here that you can recommend. No, there's no nice restaurants around here, mate. <laughs> oh, okay, well, wherever. We go, perhaps we have just a plate of pommes frites and we discuss whether what we see is real or perhaps it is just a figment of somebody else's dream. Well, usually when I go out, I go to the Pizza Hut because between 6 and 7.30, it's all you can eat for just 3.99. So I do that and I fill up. You know, that's that's all my day's food for the day in one go. Could go there if you like. Very well. Pizza Hut it is. <laughs> I will see you there at Witter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're still mates now, maybe. Who knows? Let's hope but so. I think that story reflects well on David Ginola. Definitely. Let's hope so. Um, then there's a story about Robbie Elliott turned up for training one day, swaying around, reeking of beer. Oh, it no. became apparent he'd been on an almighty bender the night before. Um, Terry and Arthur are clocked. He was in a bad way before I came out. Uh, rather than create a scene, they decided it would be better to shield him from the crowds. 
I don't mm. know if they did this, create some kind of human shield, a, a circle with yeah. clearly pissed Robbie Elliott's, you know, swaying around in the middle of it. Some kind of weird Ring of Ring of Roses game. It's a training I think that's routine. what they do, don't they? Don't know. When I turned up, I couldn't understand why the pl- why 30 players were jogging so closely to one another. Hmm. <laughs> it wasn't until I saw the state of Robbie I realised they were literally propping him up. Robbie, go down injured, I told him. The medical staff will take you in. Then come to see me tomorrow when you've sobered up. <laughs> oh, fuck, he's pissed. Bad injury, bad injury. <laughs> Get on the ground. Get on the ground now. In Grab the- your knee. In the modern era, everyone is snapping away with camera phones. We would never have got away with it. I don't like the way football has changed in that regard. Um, Robbie, Nowadays, you can't be pissed for fear of being caught on camera. <laughs> Back then, you could easily get away with it. Now, lads, quick word after what happened with Robbie today. If you do come to training pissed, it's no problem. But just remember to pretend to be injured. <laughs> I just don't come in at all. I won't mind. Robbie was full of contrition when he came in the next day, and I told him he was being fined. Well, a Kevin Keegan fine. And he explains the Kevin Keegan fining system. Um, that'll be £200, I told him. You don't have to pay me anything, but if anyone asks, you will find £200. Get it? <laughs> I'm giving Weird. you a fine which you don't pay, but I'm telling you you will find, which I, I've i decided is sufficient punishment. Yeah. I'm finding you 200 imaginary pounds. Hand them over. Robbie, come in and sit down. Now, you know I'm going to have to punish you for what happened yesterday, don't you? Yeah, I suppose so, boss. Now, I'm sorry to inform you that I will be f- I will be fining you four million pounds. <laughs> what? What are you talking about, boss? You can't do that. I can. I can. I am the manager of this football club. Thank you very much, Robbie. Well, this is ridiculous. I'll have to sell the house. I can never afford this. Hey, hey, hey. Let me finish. The trick is to this, there's one little loophole. You don't actually have to pay it. Just tell everyone that's what I find, find you see. Oh, okay. These are super Make it around pounds. five million. <laughs> he says, you don't have to pay me anything. If anyone asks you, will find £200, get it? And if you let it out that you haven't been fined, I will take that £200 out your wages. So it's mm. a culture of secrecy, which is not good in any walk of life. But there you go. It's a weird way to run things, yeah. He said, it was important for me to have discipline and there was no way I could tolerate a player turning up half cut, but I didn't see the point in docking players' wages. It was important for me to have discipline. I did this by not doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) What? For less, it goes on, it gets better. For less serious infringements, Arthur and I used to set up a courtroom. Here we are. Here it is. We used to set up a courtroom and put towels over our heads to look like barristers' wigs. Arthur would play the part of the defence barrister. I would be the prosecution. And sometimes we would invite other members of the coaching staff to be the jury. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, Terry, come in here. Oh, what is it now? We've got one of them courtrooms going on. Okay, I love that. I love the best bit of being a fucking assistant manager in Newcastle. Can I can I be the judge this time, double K? No, Teddy, you know I'm always the judge. Can I be the barrister? No, that's Arthur. Oh, bloody Arthur. Hang on, there isn't a judge. Arthur's so defence oh, barrister. Pro- Kev, defense. Kev's prosecution. Who's right. the judge then? 
we'll better read on. It might be Terry Mack. Uh, we would listen to what the player had to say, cross-examine him with our evidence, and decide if he was guilty or not, and if necessary, what the punishment should be. Press-ups quite often. <laughs> I sentence you to ten press-ups. <laughs> you have to go if you were the player you'd probably think this is fucking yeah. you'd, uh, you'd have to pretend you were really gutted yeah, even yeah. though you were a professional athlete yeah. and doing 10 press ups was fucking easy and all your mates at other clubs would be in fi- fine thousands of I pounds get in, wage, five, five in grand wages spurs for something like this but I'm you'd doing 10 press ups oh no not 10 press ups Gaffer. I won't do it it's it's not on I'm not there. hey careful or I'll up it to 12 <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, this is all my worst nightmares come true. This will really teach me a lesson. (laughs) I'll never do it again. Nobody was immune if they stepped out of line, and it was the same when the police let us know that Barry Venison and Paul Bracewell had found themselves in a bit of bother outside a wine bar. Barry came in with a black eye, and I had to remind them about the risks of going out on the town, when there was always a chance they might come across some idiot who had drunk too much. To be fair, though, that was unusual. Our players were worshipped in Newcastle, and it was never really an issue that Brace and Venice, two great pros, had links to our arch rival Sunderland. Our fans were just grateful that we re-established ourselves as the North East Top Dogs. Oh, I'm fucking not interested in that bit. That's really boring. North East <laughs> Top Dogs. <laughs> um, so yeah, they've they've signed Ginola. I think this must be the second season now in the in the Premier League. Uh, I genuinely thought we'd go all the way when we got off to a flyer in the 94-95 season. We were blitzing everyone. Leicester 3-1, Coventry 4-0, Southampton 5-1, West Ham 3-1, Chelsea 4-2, Arsenal 3-2. It was just... It's one of those, like a montage scene, is it? You can see the goals going in in all them games and the results flashing up on the screen. We even put 10 past Royal Antwerp over two legs in our first ever UEFA Cup tie. But then... I started to think seriously about the ramifications of a deal which I knew would shake the football world to its foundations and stun the Newcastle public. Oh, heck. Oh, heck. Why am I doing this? I don't know, but I'm compelled to do it. I can't stop (laughs) myself. I'm going to sell Andy Cole. (laughs) Everything's going a bit too well. I need to put the... There's been no drama for weeks in my life. I need to put a spanner in the works. Why did I sell Andy Cole? What was it that persuaded me Newcastle would be better off in the long run without the player who had been the focal point of our attack? And why them? Why of all the clubs, Manchester United? And then he goes on to say he thinks Andy Cole might have been tapped up, which is uh, unusual. Uh, I never expected him to admit as much, and I don't expect I will ever know for certain. It's it's a feeling in his water, I think. My mm. firm suspicion is someone had turned his head. His body language had changed. His attitude had become questionable, to say the least. And it seemed to me that he'd made his mind up. He did not particularly want to be with us anymore. I mean, it was, at the time, it was a mind-boggling deal because Newcastle were trying to catch up with United. Um, So then to sell their top scorer to them didn't seem like the cleverest of moves. Yeah, uh, I can't think of a transfer deal that was more out of the blue. You don't get them anymore, do you? No. No, always, where people have just signed, there's been no speculation. But I remember at the time, the speculate Man United definitely needed a striker, and at the time, all the speculation surrounded Stan Collymore. Yeah, who who was sort of like the other big superstar, and people were thinking that he was at Forest. Yeah, and all the rumours were United were preparing a bid to sign him, and this was pre-transfer window as well. So they didn't. This was at a time when you could sign a player at any point in the season. Yeah. 
and uh, and I think it <clears> happened <throat> like you know in the autumn or something. Yeah. And I remember the day. I remember waking up and picking up a newspaper and seeing that they'd swooped for Andy Cole and there'd been zero speculation because no one could have countenanced the idea of it. And I mean, you know, with hindsight, United and Cole went on to win trophies galore and Newcastle ended up winning nothing. So, (laughs) yeah, didn't really work for a out. couple of years for a couple of years it seemed like good business by Keegan because they signed Les Ferdinand not to get too ahead of ourselves but yeah. Ferdinand seemed like the better player and then they signed Shearer and, they and they Shearer. Were, it didn't seem to hinder them at all and it, it, but ulti- and, and Cole struggled yeah, in his first season or two at it took United him a while didn't it to get into the groove again if I'm mistaken it leaves several unanswered questions about why he had stopped training properly and become so detached and unresponsive. Andy was barely lifting a leg in training. The team was built for Andy to inflict maximum damage. So as soon as he stopped being fully committed, which was how I saw it, we had to move him on. He had run his race with Newcastle, as simple as that. He had lost a bit of respect from the other players who could see he was not applying himself properly. I mean, he might have had other shit going on in his life. He might have had fucking, you know, mental issues and stuff that... You know, he wasn't dealing yeah, with Yeah, you, you don't know. I mean, as a manager, I suppose it's your responsibility in a way to find out and get inside their head mm. where necessary. I mean, I, I, I suppose it's difficult when you're managing that many players and personalities. But if he's your top scorer and, you know, the linchpin of your side in a way... He's the jewel in your crown, isn't he? Make it a priority to work out what the fuck's the matter with the bastard. I mean, Kev's already said he's built a team around him. So, you know... Yeah. Do everything you can to keep him up. It's a little bit. Andy, Andy, have you got five minutes? Can I, um, how shall I put this? You've been acting a bit weird. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> yeah. what, what do you mean weird, boss? Dunno, just fuck, just peculiar weird. <laughs> Funny peculiar, do you know what I mean? I mean, when I were a lad in Donny, we would have said you were, you were acting right queer. <laughs> but you can't say that now, can you? <laughs> Different times. Yeah. Well, where, what do you mean, boss? Where's all this going? Well, I don't know. I'm you just worried. <laughs> Will you tell me? No. Will you tell Terry Mack? <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, hell's bells. Oh, just, okay, just then. Sell you then. Good, good to catch up anyway, Andy. <laughs> Enjoy your afternoon. <laughs> well, Perhaps mean... you'll be less strange tomorrow. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> Maybe get out of the bed on the other side. <laughs> Uh, what I do in the morning is I get up, I have my bowl of Frosties, and then I do 50 star jumps to get the blood pumping. <laughs> and I feel great after that. Ask Gene. <laughs> I mean, he says, he says Andy was a deep character. I wouldn't call him a loner, but he was differently an average footballer. Um, Back then, everything was very different. Andy had moved into Crook, a mining village in County Durham, where he was living his life in a goldfish bowl, nowhere near any of his new teammates, feeling lost and isolated. Well, I don't know. Perhaps you've just, like, kind of just solved the problem there yourself, Kev. You've just said he was living... I mean, Crook is a fucking long way away from Newcastle. Yeah. It's it, and it is in the middle of nowhere. There's uh, what no would attract anyone in Crook that's listening to this, but y- there's... Y- y- you know Crook, right? Yeah. You know the region. Get inside Andy Cole's mind in the 90s mm. and tell me what would have encouraged him to have moved to Crook. I've been thinking about this since I've read it and I cannot think of a single thing that could have encouraged him to move to Crook uh, unless he wanted to be completely isolated and alone and in the middle of nowhere. 
with few amenities, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine why. Yeah, he maybe would do that. he had stray instincts. Maybe. Maybe he didn't want to go full stray, but he liked the idea of living almost a slight hermit lifestyle. He wanted like somewhere. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, maybe he when wanted he, somewhere when, with grounds that he could stray in overnight, but without actually yeah. having to go full stray. Maybe he never slept a night, but he bought a house, a large house with a hundred acres out back. Yeah. And he never spent one night sleeping under the roof of the uh, house. Ah, yeah. Every night he slept in the grounds, yeah. curled up. But within, you know, a safe distance from home if you needed to get back inside for if the toilet a, and that. If you need this shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can only assume that's what it was. We've got more insight here than Kev himself. Gaffer, I've been thinking about this Andy Cole business. Him living up there in Cook in the middle of fucking nowhere. Maybe it's that he likes to sleep in the... He wanted a big garden to sleep in. But he... Well, if he wants to sleep outside, he could have got a place down here. Aye, but... You know, like when you're kipping in the garden and you need a shit. <laughs> no, I don't, Terry. <laughs> You're telling me you never sleep out in your garden? No, why would I do that? Jean would hate that. She says she she says she feels lonely without me. Oh, you should try it, Gaffer. It's bloody great. I spend three or four nights a week out in my back garden. And anyway, Terry, who 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 needs a shit in the middle of the night? How often does that happen? It doesn't happen to me. Oh, you'd be surprised. It's very common in Liverpool. That's because we eat our dinners late, see. <laughs> And then we'll go to bed. And then suddenly the shit starts coming. You know, you start feeling it in your dreams. And then you have to wake up. And they call that a scouse shit. Right? Because it's very common in Liverpool. Also, you, don't, you, you, know, you don't get it so much up here. But you can sometimes get non-scousers. Because maybe they got... I don't know. Maybe Andy's got scouse blood somewhere. You know, right back. You go right back to his ancestry. He might have a bit of scouse. In fact, that's probably what it is. Now I'm thinking about it. It's the only explanation for why he needs a shit in the night. Also, but Terry, we don't know that. When I was, when I was eating that stuff from my burger van all the time, I used to be shitting three or four times a night. I couldn't stop. <laughs> that's why I started sleeping in the garden the missus made me she said I'm not having you up down shitting all night you can get out back I said fine and at first I wasn't sure about it but now even if I don't need a night shit I'll sleep in the garden anyway because I just feel comfortable out there Jalapeño Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
Jalapeño. Back the crook. Um, Kev says, as a club, we should have helped him more with the settling in process, but he was holed up in crook without knowing anybody and under siege day and night from locals knocking on his door or hanging around his gates. What? Fucking hell. Besieged. So he's, he's, you know, he's, he's a prisoner. He's like Dave Hill from Slade. Like that time yeah. when he moved in next to a girls' school. All right, it's nothing like that, but it's kind of a bit like that. Andy! Andy Cole! <laughs> Andy Cole, come, come out! Come out! Face your public! We know you're in there, you twat! It's us, the Toon Army! Come out so we can look at yous! <laughs> we own you! We pay your wages! Come out! Perform for us! Do ball juggling! Come out <clears> and <throat> do the kick-ups for your kiddies, you bastard! Provide snacks! We've been here for hours. Put uh, a fucking kettle on and come <laughs> out and speak to my missus. She's crying out here. <laughs> when we found out he was living like a prisoner in his own home, it was a wake-up call for all of us that the club needed a better support system. Andy moved into an apartment in Newcastle and he was much happier there. Well, Kev says he was much happier there, but obviously it wasn't soon after that that he started to uh, act up in training and then fucked off. You're happier there, aren't you, Andy? No. Yes, that's what I said. You're, you're much happier. <laughs> I'm not happy there. I've only got a balcony to shit on in the middle of the night and it's a bit awkward because <laughs> it overlooks the quayside. And, you know, people are sometimes going past on the way home for the pub. Don't like it. Good job no one's invented camera phones yet. <laughs> but you like it, though, yes? Good. <laughs> right, let's crack on. <clears throat> Whose turn is it to sit in the court? I mean, he says this, this was an, a reoccurring thing in training. Andy was uninterested in training the day before at Wimbledon League Cup tie. He was barely moving and the other players were getting irritated with him. Was he just standing like a, a statue, do you think, and just making a really sort of very slow, almost imperceptible moves? <laughs> Andy, what are you doing? You're like one of them. You're like one of them dummies they have down the South Bank, them fellas that dress up like Yoda and stand still for money. <laughs> I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love going down and watching them when I'm up up in London. It's fascinating, but, but I mean, it's fascinating to see. But it's got no place on the on the football pitch. Not at the top Not level. level, any rate. <laughs> he was barely moving. I give him the benefit of the doubt before, but this was this was enough. I halted training. Halt training, everyone. Training is halted. I have halted <laughs> training. Stand still and listen for the next instructions. <laughs> I told him to book up his ideas. I said he wasn't being fair on anyone. And I asked if he had any intentions of working up a sweat in the next half an hour. If it's the best you can offer, you might as well F off, I told him. Except I probably didn't put it as politely as that. I told him to fuck off, really. (laughs) Do you know what, Andy? (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, Andy Cole. Fuck your house in crook, your shitting little bush, and everything else about you. Fuck off! (laughs) He did. Hey, Gaffer, calm down, calm down. <laughs> I've never seen you like this before. <laughs> Stay out of it, Terry. This is between me you and can Andrew fuck Cole. Off as well, Terry Mac. You can all fuck off. <laughs> you were selling fucking burgers at Andrew five minutes ago. <laughs> Andy turned on his heels, effed off, and that was the last we saw of him for three days. <laughs> he went straight for three stayed, days. Stayed in the garden for three days. But um, as Andy tells it in his autobiography, 
he was brooding from a defeat at Southampton the previous weekend where I'd carpeted the team for a poor all-round performance. Um, and then there's something about Lee, Lee Clark was his mate and Lee Clark got a bollocking and uh, got substituted and was going to go to the changing room. But Keegan seized his collar and marched him back to the bench like a naughty schoolboy. And Andy was sulking with Keegan because of his the way his friend had been treated. So I don't think Kev's got uh, any time for that excuse. No. Andy played 84 games for Newcastle and scored 68 times. A strike rate of 81%. Um, I knew it would be a sensation and a huge controversy that I was willing to let him go. But in the name of drama, I felt I had to do uh, it. I did. I hadn't been in the papers yeah. for weeks. <laughs> yeah, things were getting boring. I needed to shake stuff up a bit. There was not a flicker of uncertainty in my voice when I went to the boat and let them know what I was proposing. The gasps were audible. Again, it's that thing, <gasps> audible, as opposed to inaudible gasps. Did you gasp just then? Yeah, I think I did, Kevin. Gasp. Well, can you do it louder? Because I couldn't, I could see your mouth open, but I couldn't actually hear it. I wasn't sure. Well, it was, it was just like a, more of a large intake of breath. Well, in a way, that is a gasp. It was loud so enough. So I think it would show a bit more respect to let everyone in the room know exactly what you're doing. If you're gasping, gasp properly like this. <gasps> um, all right, if you insist. <gasps> That's better. See, I've shocked you to your very core, haven't I? <laughs> that was my intention. Good. I'll carry on now. <laughs> I told them it would take guts and character to back me. You've got to be as mental as I am to pull this off. Are you in or are you not? <laughs> Well, I suppose so, you know. You'll only just fucking walk out again if we don't do what you say. Correct. That's correct. Correctissimo. <laughs> the fact that Andy had only scored one league goal from late October to January made it a touch easier for them to understand my logic. Mm. Mm, I haven't remembered that. Yeah. But, um, and that's, inclu- that's included in that figure there of 84 games and 68 goals. So, wow. Um this didn't mean Andy was burnt out or anything like that. He was 23, the Professional Footballers Association Young Player of the Year, and I fully expected him to carry on scoring for fun for Manchester United. <laughs> and that's for fun. <laughs> that's for fun and for money and probably trophies and medals. <laughs> but the realisation was... I told t- Alex Ferguson, he's absolutely brilliant and his best is yet to come. Yeah. That's why I think you should buy him for Manchester United. <gasps> For a knockdown price of just £6 million. <laughs> I told everyone if we wanted to mount a serious tilt for the championship the following season, we should take the money, use it wisely, and go for a slightly different approach. Well, as I said there, hindsight, incredible thing, didn't really work out. No. Uh, Keith Gillespie came the other way. It was £6 million plus Keith Gillespie. Um, and then Kev did that thing, of course, where he went out... Sight St James's Park and he spoke to the crowds like one of the most iconic yeah. Kevin Keegan moments like, really like, isn't it like Jesus giving a sermon or something like that yeah uh, looking out from the window it wasn't long before we could see the first fans heading to the ground before long they were arriving in droves and you could tell just from the way they were stomping up the hill they were not coming to congratulate us Do these people not have jobs who are these people well, I've noticed this about the army. is that they're fucking up and down to that ground non-stop aren't they they're always fucking there they're always busy in themselves yeah around st james's park yeah. at strange times of the week i suppose you could say it's partly because it's in there it's like in the middle of the city 
Yeah. So if they they could easily get out the lunch you could say, "Boss, I'm just going out for a uh, for a, for my fag break." Yeah. Or you're like, "Boss, I'm just going out to get some milk for the kitchenette area." Yeah. And they go, "Yeah, all right, all right then don't be long." But don't then you actually, go what you're doing is to go Park. outside St James's Park and protest about something. Don't, don't you go going up to that cathedral on the hill in light <laughs> of today's shocking news? Oh no, what? I'm just going to get some milk. Don't worry. No, nah, that's not me, boss. Come on, you know. So, uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe he's been in the Toon Army is a job within itself. Maybe it's funded. I can do national service or something like that. You do it two years in the Toon Army. It might be that you in your contract that you're allowed to, or perhaps obliged to, yeah. go out a certain number of times a week yeah. to prote- to just shout at a building, yeah, like, uh, St. James's Park. Kind of- go up that hill, right? And shout your fucking bollocks off at that stadium. Right. Maybe it's like territorial army where you do like evenings and weekends, but this is the Toon Army and you can you can leave your regular job at any time. Yeah. And it's a boss, it sorry boss, but Toon Army business. They've just sold Andy <laughs> Cole. I need to go to the cathedral on the hill and register me protest in front of the Sky Sports News cameras. Do well, some shouting. Get fine. angry. I know the deal. Toon Army comes first. Off you go, son. Go on, son. Good luck. Best of luck to you. Happy shouting. Happy shouting. You could tell just from the way they were stomping up the hill, they were not coming to congratulate us. Douglas Hall joined me at the window and the blood drained from his face. (laughs) Oh, Oh, fucking hell. What have you fucking done now, Kev? There's loads of them. Look at them. (laughs) There's loads of them. Like ants. Ah, fucking ants crawling (laughs) up. All of them after my money. (laughs) I'll tell you, Angry sometimes ants. I wish I had a gigantic magnifying glass <laughs> that I could burn them all with. <laughs> there's there's loads of them, he gasped. And there will be more, I said. <laughs> with any lot. Here comes the drama. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd was 200 to 300 strong and getting bigger all the time when I realised I had to do something. Television crews were arriving after I made a phone call. No, no. Television crews were arriving and the anger on the faces outside was unmistakable. Douglas must have thought it was a lynch mob because he rang security to ask for two cars quick as possible to pick us up from the other <laughs> side of the ground. You think he thought they were going to come in? They were going to come into St. Yeah. James's Park, Send storm the, the gate of the palace. And also go down to the basement and get the shooters out. I think <laughs> I'm going to have to fucking... I think I'm going to have to shoot my way out we'll of here. Our way out just of this like one. I've always dreamt. We knew this would happen eventually. I wasn't prepared to go into hiding. There's nothing dramatic about that. I wasn't even going to get disguised. All they want is an explanation, I said. They want to know why, and I'm going down there to tell them. (laughs) It felt like the right thing to do, but halfway down the stairs, I must confess I was wondering what the hell I was letting myself in for. It wasn't going to be pretty, and when I turned round, I could see that, apart from Terry, I was on my own. (laughs) Yeah, I'll fucking come down with you. I fancy a fucking fight. (laughs) Half of those lads aren't even scouts. I'll tell you what, I've got a spare burger van. Round the back of the stadium, I'll bring that round. Start knocking out some burgers. Can make a few quid out of this. <laughs> All right, lads. Maybe this will make up for it. Yeah. Half, half price burgers for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even free. Fucking hell, I'm trying to run a business here. I've got to cover my costs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't end up out of pocket. <laughs> The directors had started to follow me but held back when they heard so many irate voices outside. I was walking into a bear pit. It was the only time in my life at Newcastle I'd been welcomed with jeers. 
they were starting to show Judas and traitor at me. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus, you know, he's done all this thing. He was, he was one of the greatest players of that 1980s era. You know, he revived the club mm. twice, once as a player, once as a manager, took them from the bottom of the championship, as it was, yeah. or as it is now, got them up into the UEFA Cup in the Premier League. Yeah. And they called they were them tearing Judas. it up. They were tearing it up as well. I mean, yeah. in the Premier League, they were like taking the piss at times. Yeah, Judas, traitor. Yeah, Judas, cunt. <laughs> Scum, get out of our club. We'll never oh. get another good striker, you twat. <laughs> because there is no striker better and... You know, and I've just had his fucking face tattooed on my shin. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the that bloke who'd had his face tattooed on the shin must have been the one leading all of this, probably right? Probably will have been, yeah. Look at this leg. Look at this fucking leg. I'm loyal to an army, mate. <laughs> I got this tattoo done, right? Because I had been given every indication that Andy Cole would stay here forever and never age. And continued to score goals for us until the day I dropped dead. And then when I did, I'd have the skin grafted off my leg and onto that of one of my grandkiddies. <laughs> Another voice could be heard above the din. Hey, give him a chance. Let's hear him out then. <laughs> That's a bit Roy the Rovers, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, crowd noise. Uh, I said I understood everyone was raw and it was kind of true, the accusation of being a selling club could uh, have been levelled at the club in the past. Um, it wasn't right to say we were still a selling club. I wanted the fans to know it was my decision and nobody else's and it would be me who copped the blame if it turned out to be a dreadful error. The next man to speak out asked how I could possibly justify doing business with Manchester United and I was ready for that one. Oh, hold on a minute, I said. When I came here three years ago, this club's biggest rivals were Southend United and Cambridge United, not Manchester United. That turned things Good around. Point. That turned. I remember around. him saying that. That settled everyone down, and the next guy seemed to be on my side as well. This was going exactly as I hoped it would. You don't think Kevin would be daft enough to sell Andy Cole if he didn't have someone lined up, would he? But he's certainly not going to tell us who it is until the deal is done. It's very much Roy the Rovers, that isn't it? Yeah. Inwardly. All right, that was a bit verbose. <laughs> Couldn't you have said it slightly neater? <laughs> but you made your point very well. Uh, I'm just saying, we haven't got bags of time and we're doing all this for the cameras as well. And, you know, they'll they'll edit that down, trust me. Inwardly, I felt a pang of embarrassment. That wasn't the situation at all. <laughs> I didn't have anyone else lined up. I haven't got a clue. Uh, you don't think Kevin would be daft enough to sell Andy Cole if he didn't have someone lined up, would he? It didn't help that I could hear Terry just behind me muttering under his breath. Oh, yes, he would, mate. <laughs> oh, damn, it's loving what this. little they know, Kev. We haven't got a clue what our next move is. We start up front tomorrow with Paul Kitson. <laughs> Keep your voice down, Terry. Um, suddenly we had all sorts of different suggestions about who we should get with the money, and the directors felt bold enough to make an appearance behind me. There were shouts for Alan Shearer. Others wanted Matt Letizia or Roberto Baggio. That'll have been Douglas Hall shouting for Roberto Baggio. Mm. Roberto <laughs> Baggio, who said that? <laughs> Good idea, that. <laughs> Start Roberto the plane, Roberto. I'll go off yeah, to Turin. Get, get the plane started. We'll go back over to Turin. 
it just turns out that Douglas Hall's just got a massive crush on Roberto Baggio and his entire reason for being in football is to get is to try to lure Baggio to Newcastle. Oh, he's got a lovely head of hair on him, that lad. Oh, hasn't he just? <laughs> um, I promised the supporters I'd make sure the money was spent wisely and I asked them to keep in mind that my only intention uh, was to drive the club forward. If I've got it wrong, there's a bullet with my name on it, I pointed out. Fucking hell. <laughs> Right, okay. Someone will shoot me dead and I'll deserve it. Quite right. Um all right, all right, all right, boss. Hey, Kevin, no none of us were suggesting that we were gonna shoot you. I think I could see it in your eyes. I know when someone wants this planning to shoot me, and I don't blame any of you. I know how football works. Douglas Hall here, he's got a complete arsenal hidden away in the bottom of the ground. Eventually it's gonna end in warfare. <laughs> Moments ago. He was suggesting that we we armed ourselves and shot you all dead right here on the steps of this great cathedral of football. But I said, no, let me discuss it with them first. Then we'll start shooting if we need to. <laughs> um, and he ends this chapter by saying, I still didn't have a complete clear picture of what to do with the Andy Cole money, but I was willing, as always, to follow my instincts. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I considered to give no, continue to give no thought to any given situation, but acted upon what my gut told me. It got me over the far. years. I found it always best to ignore what what your brain is saying to you. <laughs> Don't think anything. Just wake up in the morning and see what happens. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? You're not going to die, are you? Or maybe you will, and then nothing will matter at all. <laughs> anyway, end of chapter. Bye bye. <laughs> there we are. That's the end of this one then. Uh, who knows where it'll take us to next time bye 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.